Welcome to the Tap Love Tour podcast. I'm Travis Knights. You're in for a treat today. One of my favorite dancers on the planet, Josette Wigan, is your guest host. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, she's going to interview the incomparable tap dancer, Jason Rogers. It's a wonderful conversation. You're going to love it. So let's get the show started. Tap. Okay, hello, my name is Josette Wiggin, and I'm hosting this episode of the Tap Love Tour um, that was started by Travis Knights, and he, he reached out to me and asked me to host an episode, and so I just made a list of some of the dancers that I would love to talk to and love to get to know a little bit more and, and have them tell their stories, and Jason Rogers was one of the first people that I thought of, and so I'm so happy, Jason, that you agreed to talk with me. Um, Welcome, and um, hey, hey. <laughs> how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having me. You know, hey, you know, I know this is an interview, but I'm gonna keep it casual. You yeah. family, Joseph? Yes. So you gave me the call and asked. I was like, oh, definitely. You know, actually, <laughs> you gave me the text. It was a text. Be completely transparent. So I'm happy to be here. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. So I think we'll just take it, you know, back to the beginnings. What was your first impression of tap dance or your first exposure to tap dance? And how old were you? And, you know, just give me the context in which you were first introduced to tap dance. For sure. My first introduction to tap dance was, to my recollection, um, the movie Tap that came out in 1989, mm. uh, starring Gregory Hines and Sammy Davis Jr., for those who, who might not know. Um, and it was my mother. She, I have five, uh, four other siblings. There's five of us. So just to kind of keep us busy, she was always putting us in different extracurricular activities. I was on the diving team, swim team, played soccer, you know, all the different activities kids grow up doing. Mm. And then, um, one day we were all at home. She just put on the, the, the movie tap. And I just remember like it was yesterday, just watching that challenge scene. And I was just blown away. And, um, you know, I was just like telling my mom, like, I want to do that. And yeah. then she pretty much responded like, oh, you're going to do that. This wasn't like a, a question, like we're keeping you all busy. Um, so, uh, you know, next thing you know, I had my uh, patent leather tap shoes and I was in um, Paul and Arlene Kennedy's class at oh, seven man. years old. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's started. That's incredible. And how did your mom find Paul and Arlene Kennedy? Like, how? what she, was that connection? Yeah, she was, um, it was a random, like, showcase. I, I forgot what city it was in. I would have to clarify with her, but it was some showcase that the Kennedys were doing. Like, the Kennedy Tap Company um, was putting together. I believe it was somewhere at some venue in Inglewood. Mm. And my mother just, you know, being proactive, she heard about it. Um, maybe through word of mouth, maybe one of her friends at, at work. My mother used to work with the Red Cross mm. in Inglewood. And, um... And I believe it was a coworker that was just like, hey, you know, I heard about so-and-so you go to this showcase and she went and she saw a performance and she went immediately afterwards to uh, Paul, Paul Kennedy. And she was just like, hey, I, I have a, a bunch of kids and I would be interested. And she said that he told her, bring him in. Wow. You know, she said he didn't even talk about rates or prices. He said, hey, just bring him in and we'll kind of go from there. 
And that's pretty much, as you know, Josette, how he was. Exactly. Just always welcoming. He cared about, he cared about us more than, you know, um, looking at how much money he can make and all that stuff. Exactly. That, you know, and we'll get to it later, but Joseph and I have a very similar situation where it was just like open arms and, you know, not even talking about rates. It was kind of the same thing of just like, you know, he wanted to share his passion for tap dance, right? He wanted to share this art form and that was what was at the forefront of his mind. So incredible. And so how long did you dance at the Kennedys? And then from there, let's just walk me through, you know, your path, um, uh, becoming a professional and, and who you worked with and, and all of that for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah so i would say i started uh at seven years old with the Kennedy's first tap lesson at seven first any lesson mm-hmm. dance lesson at seven and that went on i would say until about 11 years old so mm-hmm. during the age of seven and 11 i was full you know fully in- entrenched in the in the kennedy company whether it was a uh, um, recitals or a lot of those dance competitions you know fully fully um in it and then I would say around 11 is when I, quote, unquote, took my break, where I just started getting more into sports. Mm. And, um, you know, basketball was my number one love, and it just took over my life. And mm. My parents, you know, I, I got to give them credit. They never were, uh, like, how some people categorize the stage parents. Like, mm. they always were just like, hey, whatever you want to do, we'll support you. Mm. And so if you're not really feeling like you want to continue dancing right now, if, as long as you want to stay busy. So they didn't force me to stay. It was definitely my choice, even at 11, to take a break. Um, mm. And it wasn't this big thing. It was just kind of like natural. Oh, we, you know, we see Jason is switching his interest more into basketball. So I would say from like, 11 to maybe 12, no, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, 11 to 14. Mm-hmm. So I was really into basketball. And then um, during, that, during that three to four year stretch, I never fully sort of quit tap. Mm-hmm. I was still always tapping, like to the point where, you know how it is, Josette, where sometimes you're not even thinking. You'll just be, mm-hmm. you know, um, off standing in line or something at the store mm-hmm. and then you'll just shuffle your feet and somebody will recognize that, oh, look at you shuffling your feet. You're a tap dancer. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had a lot of moments of that. And, um, and then before you knew it, it just never completely left to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like getting back into tap. And then around the time it was, uh, I was 15 was around the time that uh, just by chance, uh, noise, funk, bringing the noise, bringing the funk um, was a big Broadway hit. And then it, Started, they started a, uh, a tour, a touring company. And Mr. Kennedy randomly gave me a call around the time that Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funks tour was coming to LA. And he called my mom and he was just like, Hey, let me speak to Jason. I haven't stopped you in a while, but there's this hit show, this big show I think you would be great for. You should come back and train with me. And once again, um, you know, didn't talk about rates or prices and all that stuff. So I was like, You know, I'm kind of feeling like coming back anyway. So I came down. Um, and just started working out with Mr. Kennedy at uh, 15. And at this time, Mr. Kennedy's um, health started declining a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was on um, dialysis and stuff because mm-hmm. he was having issues, some health issues. So I say that to say I started taking over a lot of his classes that he would teach. Mm-hmm. So he would train me like early in the day and then he would have some adult tap classes. And he would just mentor me and kind of guide me through teaching and just give me pointers. Like, hey, he would sit there a lot of times during me teaching. Wow. the adults 
And uh, he would say, hey, you know, maybe do a little bit of this, maybe a little less of that. Um, and then I just started kind of teaching regularly um, when he would train me. And then before you know it, I was really back in the game at 15. Wow. And uh, I haven't left since. Wow. And a little backstory on the other end for the, the Kennedy kids. He was pumping you up like before he came back. He's like, there's this dancer. His name is Jason. He's amazing. He's coming back. Get ready. And he was like hyping you up. So we were all like in such anticipation waiting for the great Jason to come in and grace us with his presence. Yeah. So he definitely loved you and definitely was proud of you. And, you know, he let people know. Um, So I just wanted to kind of, you know, let you know on the other end that as much as he showed you in private, he showed it in public as well, that he definitely um, was in your corner and was rooting for you. That's dope. Real quick, you know, that you reminded me, I do remember during that moment that during that time, I believe you're describing that, that I do remember meeting Joseph, Uh, uh, your brother, for mm -hmm. those who might not know, Joseph's Mm -hmm. brother. Meeting Joseph, he introduced me to Joseph at the time. And he was kind of, he didn't say it, but I kind of felt the way he was saying it was almost kind of like, hey, Jason, remember how I would like promote you and kind of throw you in front of adults and do, this is like the new version of you. Oh. Joseph, he's like the new young guy. <laughs> he kind of was put in like, that. like, oh, no. He's like, man, Jason, this is like the new young version. And Joseph at the time, because Joseph, was a little bit younger, so I, I kind of not towered over him, but mm-hmm. I definitely looked at him as like a little kid. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I get what you're saying, mm-hmm, Mr. Mm-hmm. Kitty. He's kind of like the little kid, the new, you know, the the, new. whatever year we were in." Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "It's like a machine with Mr. Kitty. He's pumping <laughs> us out, churning them out, so, right? <laughs> right, right." So shout out to Mr. Kitty. I do remember that moment now that you mentioned it. Amazing. And so at this point. You you trained with Mr. Kennedy, then you started taking his classes, I mean, teaching his classes for him. And then at what point did you step out and like say, okay, I'm now a professional? Like, what was that definitive moment for you that yeah, um, um, transitioned you I, from I the would, studio? Yeah, for sure. I would say it was during um, what we called Funk University. So mm. I went, I flew out to actually that summer. I reconnected with Mr. Kennedy in 15. It was like the summer of, um, it was like the early, late spring, early summer of 1998. And then I flew out to New York to train slash audition. It was like a long audition process to join, to possibly join the touring company of Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Fun. Oh, wow. So Derek, yeah. So Derek Grant was the one who was um, running that entire audition process. Um, And I had taken from Derek Grant in L.A. at the Kennedy's, here here in L.A. at the Kennedy studio, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who's there at the time, I believe, was living in Boston, and he would fly out a lot of times to L.A. and stay and, you know, teach us. He was always, like, still is to this day, like the big brother in tap. Wow. Um, and so he would he would train us when I was, when we were kids, but when I flew out at 15 to train to possibly be in, bringing the noise, bringing the funk, it was Derek single-handedly that definitely helped sort of hone my my style and help me sort of find my tap voice wow. where he yeah he specifically was like hey you know all the all the um you know tools that you've learned from paul and arlene kennedy are great but now you need to start kind of branching out and finding your own voice like he literally was like saying things like that he was like 
these are tips that I would give you, you know, to, to practice and start, you know, working on different rudiments, exercises, accent mm-hmm. exercises. There's some Derek accent exercises that I still use to this day. Um, and, you know, obviously shout him out whenever I'm teaching because mm-hmm. they had such a profound effect on me creating my voice once again. Yeah. And so I would say you take that and then you also couple it with when I was uh, 10 years old, I had a wonderful opportunity to perform with uh, Eddie Brown. I did a tap duet. It was kind of like this symbolized uh, sort of uh, keeping um, keeping the, the, the tap alive from the, the, the older generation to the new. Wow. And I performed the, the Eddie Brown chorus with him. And those um, those steps definitely stayed in me to this day as well. So I would wow. say a combination of Derek and um, the Eddie Brown style mm-hmm. is what really helped me sort of cultivate and form my voice. So uh, the answer to that, the long answer to your question is around 15, I auditioned for Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk. I was fortunate enough to, to book that and I joined the show. Wow. And um, that was like my first regular professional gig where I was getting paid, you know, um, actors' equity rates. So, wow. you know, a union show. So, um, pretty much ever since then, uh, I've been, you know, working, um, whether it's full time or part time. You know how it is, Jose. We're all somewhat yeah. independent contractors. You just got to have to find the work. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, pretty much since then, it's, it's, I haven't looked back since. Wow. And at the, the, for, for the audition for Noise Funk, can you just lead me through what that was like? Because you said it was like a two day process. What 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 did that entail? Um, yeah, well, well, the, the, the literal audition was uh, two days. So mm-hmm. one day was in front of Derek, where uh, he basically because we trained for about six weeks, maybe even two months, and it was called Funk University. So wow. he would come in from literally ten in the morning to about four p.m. So it was like you know long days. Mm-hmm. He would come in. He would give us a combo to work on, or he would give us, as I mentioned before, different uh, exercises to work on and basically just say, hey, you all work these out for the day. And we did that, like I said, for about six plus weeks straight. And then it culminated to the two-day audition process. The first day, we auditioned for Derek, Mm -hmm. and he just wanted to see, basically, our progress. Okay. Specifically, it was put together a combination that you create yourself Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, make it make sense mm-hmm. and speak, you know, talk to me. So we did that the first day. And then the second day, the audition was for George C. Wolf, who was the, the know, co-creator of the show, mm-hmm. the director of the uh, entire Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk show. So that was like super boss man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I did that the second day. And, it, you know, we all did it. It was about five of us, if I like five of us that mm-hmm. were all auditioning for like two spots wow. in the show, two available spots in the show. Yeah, so we auditioned and then we flew. We all flew back home, and then it was just that waiting period. Where we all were just kind of like, uh, have you, you know, have you heard anything? Calling each other, have you heard anything? Wow. And then I don't know, maybe a week later, I got the call from Derek and said, "You're in." Wow. And uh, yeah, it was kind of like everything you would hope and dream of as far as like you get the call like you're nervous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know all that and then you're just like hey i just want to let you know you're in congratulations you know you're about to start this journey i was like well i made it out you know the whole family mm-hmm. was happy for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh my mother because i was still underage at the time i was still a minor my mother actually joined me 
Wow. One year or two, she was my guardian. Wow. And uh, we did that for a little over a year, I believe, the, the entire time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible to have that experience at such a young age and then also have kind of, you know, a protection with your mom being there because sometimes, you know, getting into this industry a little bit, you know, a little bit, I don't want to say a little bit too young, but at a young age, there are a lot of things that can, can lead us astray or influence, influence us in ways that might not be beneficial later on. But being able to have this experience and have someone who loves you and who will protect you and take care of you there as well, kind of is like the best of both worlds. And so that's, that's amazing. I didn't know that she joined you. And that's, that's really incredible. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, to your point, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that in particular because mm-hmm. I for sure felt, uh, you know, like that, for, you know, that safety blanket, so to speak, was there for me, mm-hmm. always looking out for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was a it was a wonderful experience that we still um, reference to this day every once in a while, my mom and I, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're still pretty close. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just checking with each other, like, remember X, Y, and Z, all those years ago, that was a fun time, wasn't wow. it? I mean, we did, we did so many... Um, so many we visited so many different you know monuments like this was pre 9 11 as well so right. little things that you wouldn't even think were possible like we remember going to the white house we did the white house visit wow and there were there was no at that time you know there was no um, gate barrier you know you literally could walk what, up to right. the white house of course there's security standing there but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know you could walk up to the white house you didn't have to make an appointment you could kind of do a walk-in Wow. And, um, you know, this was uh, at the time, you know, when you travel, you could fly to an airport. And if you want, I mean, you could fly from an airport. And if you wanted to meet someone there, you didn't have to go through this extensive security now. So right. I say all that to say it, it really felt like we were living in a different a different world at the time. And, you wow. know, some some of those benefits we, uh, we laugh and you know, joke about now. So it was, yeah, it was good times for sure. Wow. That's really amazing to put it into perspective, right? Like pre 9-11 versus post 9-11, the world that we're living in. So insane. Mm -hmm. And what did Paul and Arlene have to say about, you know, this amazing achievement? Oh man, they, they both were so proud and and, and it made me um, feel that much more special just knowing how proud they were of me Mm -hmm. because I still to this day look at them as superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, they are my heroes still. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they both have transitioned on, mm-hmm. but they still are. That I feel like they're still just as close in my heart and in my my you know their spirits, mm-hmm. their presence still so um, so close to me still to this day. That during that time, all they did was just you know um, you know smile and, and share with with whoever was around them what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, there was one time where our tour, Bringing the Noise, Bringing the Funk tour, was in Costa Mesa, mm. which is in Orange County, so it's not down the street, but it's close enough for mm-hmm. Paul and Arlene Kennedy to come. And of course, I invited them and you know brought them. My mother got both of them some gear, like a, I think it was a sweatshirt, yeah. Noise Funk on tour sweatshirt. Wow. And any any person that Mr. Kennedy and Miss Kennedy could uh, come in contact to, they would just turn and be like, yeah, you know, he's, he's one of our students and he's on this uh, you know, national tour right now. And 
like I was saying, they were saying it like they were proud of me, but I just look at it as like, wow, my heroes are proud of me. Like, wow. I really must be doing something. If I'm looking at them and I'm bringing a smile to their face, yeah. when I pretty much feel like I owe everything to them because I do, you know, wow. and I did at the time. So it was a great feeling, one that I'll, I'll always cherish. Um, you know, and as I said before, they're still, they're still here. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I'm just, you know, as you talk and uh, as I'm, I'm imagining how proud they they were of you, I could only think that Mr. Kennedy kind of manifested it, right? Like, he heard right. about it, and then he called you up right away, and he's like, hey, put your shoes back on. This show right. is happening, and you will be great in it, right? And so right. to see it full circle from the phone call after not speaking for such a long time to right. going to the university for... How long was it? Six six months? It was like it was about six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Maybe two Sorry. months. Yeah, it was yeah. like from um, late June to like July, August. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was like six weeks. It was, yeah, it was probably yeah, probably like mid August. Yeah, mm-hmm. about six weeks. And then from that training period to being cast and touring in the show, like that's you know the full circle, and to be there to right. be able to witness it and see it actually come into being i'm i'm i can only imagine how proud he was of you and um he's still watching you know he's yeah, he's sure. above and so is is yeah. arlene still watching yeah wow yeah for sure that's an incredible sure. story and yeah. so um just moving on after that so this was um from i guess you're you were 15 to like 16 around this time and right. then lead us up into the present so what was next for you and then you know what led you to where you are now because i do want to talk about your position at usc kaufman but i want you to take us there so yeah yeah for sure so yeah so from um 16 you know noise front um ended and then i was back in high school kind of finishing that up Mm. um so i was back in, in my high school for my senior year however when i when i did that i wanted to kind of keep the momentum you know, as best as I could from the from noise funk. So what I did was I had um, I, I knew a couple of contacts over at this uh, dance school called Millennium Dance Complex, mm-hmm. and it was a dance school that was pretty close to where I lived, which was the main reason why I was interested in going. Because mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm still in high school, you know, I can't, you know, I can't be making a commute from here all the way to like Santa Monica or something. Right. I got to find something that would realistically work. And so my my parents let me borrowed their car and so I started um, teaching after mm. making that connection I uh, started teaching tap my senior year in high school at uh, Millennium Dance Complex and so I did that for my entire senior year and then after that I kind of got back into uh, quote unquote regular life mm-hmm. where I started just kind of um, you know randomly going on auditions mm-hmm. um, whether it's acting auditions, dance auditions I would book a few things here and there it was mm-hmm. always like minor small things i started teaching um for millennium i started teaching at edge um uh, which used to be in hollywood mm-hmm. i believe it's no longer in in uh in function but mm-hmm. started teaching at Edge. so just kind of keeping the tap bug uh um satisfied uh to a certain degree by just teaching regularly mm-hmm. and so all of that leads to um you know once again Shout out to to you and your brother and family. I randomly went to an audition for um, uh, Cirque du Soleil. Oh. It was a 
some random Cirque du Soleil, I got the call mm -hmm. from my agent at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I go there and I see Joseph Wiggin. And mm -hmm. I see Josette Wiggin. Mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, I haven't seen you both in a while. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it had been a few years. Yes. And um, make a long story short, um, during that conversation of just reconnecting, Joseph pulls me aside and he's like, hey, so I've been doing this show in Paris for like the past year or so. And um, yeah, there's a spot that opened up and I wanted to see if, if you'd be interested in going. And I just like, ah, you buddy. He's like, no, no, mm -hmm. I'm serious. Mm -hmm. That's like like an like a audition. He said, no, no, no. Like, if you say yes, the job is yours. Wow. And I was like, wait. I was like, wait, well, what? <laughs> He's like, no, no. It's, it's, you know, trust me. I wouldn't be wasting your time. So mm -hmm. cut, to, cut to that. I ended up saying yes. And then that pretty much kind of changed um, the trajectory of my life because I was kind of at that point settled in of just being a teacher. I thought I was just going to kind of take the Paul and Arlene Kennedy path and just mm. teach at different studios in LA. But when Joseph blessed me with that opportunity and I took up, you know, took it up, I, you know, was on a plane, I don't know, a couple weeks later mm -hmm. in Paris working on a show with Joseph, uh, a show called Searching for Josephine. Mm -hmm. And I did that for like two years. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, I was back um, I kind of built up enough equity and a name for myself where I was kind of a regular kind of um, independent teacher. I would just fly to different cities mm -hmm. around the world and just teach workshops and uh, perform. And that pretty much was, you know, was my life and has been my life. And I started performing private events. I established Jason Rogers Entertainment where wow. I would just come into different events and perform. I would, would I bring in another partner or another tap dancer and we would do something with the band providing entertainment and I always try to put like some sort of art education spin to it so mm -hmm. if I'm performing I always like to give a little bit of history mm -hmm. whether it's uh you know referencing Paul and Arlene Kennedy mm -hmm. or you know referencing uh Savion or or um uh Gregory Hines or you know just somebody that really made an impact on my life mm -hmm. to, to sort of keep the uh, the history of tap going and um one thing led to another where I, during um, 20, I'm kind of obviously giving you the, the truncated clip, mm -hmm. those versions of everything mm -hmm. just for time. But well, during the pandemic, once everything shut down, I got a, uh, a, um, a random text from someone who said, mm -hmm. hey, uh, a friend of mine, um, Dominique Kelly, recommended you and wanted to know if you would be interested in filling in for um, one of uh, our substitute opportunities uh, on Zoom teaching a tap class at, wow. uh, at USC. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of random, but hey, mm -hmm. you know, we're all looking for work now that, that you know, everything's shut down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I, I talked to a guest uh, sort of subclass and, um, you know, thankfully they liked what, what I did and they invited me back to teach another sub tap Zoom class. Mm -hmm. And then I think I thought I taught a third and then uh, that sort of died down. And then maybe, I don't know, four or five months later, I got a call again from USC and said, hey, we want to come in and talk to you and see if you would be interested in joining our faculty. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was in the summer of 2021. Wow. And that was uh, USC. And um, I have been at USC since the summer of 2021. And it's something that I never uh, anticipated happening, but... I'm sure you could relate, Josette. That's yeah. the, one of the many interesting, beautiful things about this profession that we have. We yeah. do what we love, and then just random, 
opportunities um, surface. And um, I know this interview is about me, but, you know, for, for folks that don't know, Josette and I both <laughs> teach at USC. So we are, uh, you know, on the faculty representing Taft. And, and I know, Josette, you're doing vernacular jazz yeah. or just jazz. I like to call it jazz dance for those yeah. who don't know. And you're representing and I'm super happy for you. And uh, Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, that's my story. That's, that's where I am at this moment. Super happy and uh, still uh, able to travel and teach and, and uh, spread, spread the word of Paul and Arlene Kennedy, because as we mentioned before, they still live on in me and you and uh, any, any chance I get, I want to uh, represent them to, to the best of my ability. Amazing. Wow, it's so beautiful. And I know we have to go because of time, but I just have one more thing. Just listening to you, you know, and listening to your story from seven until now, what is it that, like, you want to see for the future of tap dance? Like, what is it that you want the next generation to understand or um, connect with that? I don't know. I don't want to put too much on it, but just what, what are your hopes and wishes for tap dance? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say just continuing to embrace the the art form, but also know its roots. I briefly mentioned before how I really um, like performing and giving some sort of art education um, uh, delivery to my performance. So I know, for example, kids are kids, you know, mm-hmm. they're not thinking that deeply, but just like anything, like if you're learning, if a kid's learning piano and they're learning the theory of it, they're learning notes. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can use that analogy with tap. You're mm-hmm. learning a shuffle ball chain, but you also could learn, okay, who was one of the first uh, tap dancers to create um, that shuffle ball chain that goes into the shim sham? And that's mm-hmm. Leonard Reed, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, Willie Bryant, you know, some of the, mm-hmm. some of the founders of a lot of these steps that, perform tap dancers perform and a lot of them might not even know and i just think that's important because that old saying of like you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you are mm-hmm. you know it's just like it's important to kind of know the context of everything and it just adds that much more value to to the art form so once again the answer to your question is that's what i want to encourage more so even if it's and it doesn't have to be all deep because like i said i know sometimes kids are just like hey, just show me the step i'm not trying to get all mm-hmm. deep but even if it's something simple, like, hey, just so you know, here's a little side note to this step, or here's a little side note to this performance. You know, this venue that we're performing in tomorrow, so and so performed in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the, um, Gregory Hines' favorite uh, songs. Mm-hmm. You know, just any sort of like tidbits mm-hmm. here and there. Oh, the history. Keep, yeah, just to keep the history going. I think that's so important. So that's what, um, you know, that's my, my goal. And I'm going to, as I said before, in regards to Paul and Arlene Kennedy. I'm going to do everything that I can to um, you know, sort of keep that uh, conversation going, keep those names alive so that folks that are that are really passionate about this art form um, could really uh, understand historical context in addition to uh, tap, tap uh, combinations and shuffle ball changes and wings and all that stuff. Wow. So beautiful. I want to thank you give you a huge thanks for taking the time to talk with me today and to, you know, let everyone know who you are. Um, And so I just am so inspired by your story and just so excited for people to be able to hear this. Thank you so much, Jason. Absolutely. Thank you, Josette. 
and keep doing what you're doing because you inspire everyone else, including me. Oh. Much love to you, <laughs> Much your love family. To you. And hopefully we can get together on campus. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. We work together, but we never see each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We'll have to figure that out. So. Yes. Definitely. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much, brother. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to support Tap Love Tour, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Travis Knights. Patreon is a service that allows people to support artists and creatives that make content that they enjoy or benefit from. If you're considering joining, know this. You will be contributing to the creation of new work. Tap Love Tour goes beyond this podcast. TLT is a production house that creates pieces, music, dance, vlogs, documentaries, all related to the dance. I have plans for collaborations that are now achievable over time with this Patreon model. You're all essentially Tap Love Tour micro-producers. Hello! This episode with Josette was sponsored by Tap Love Tour Patreon subscribers. Thank you very much. If you want to help us to create, if you want to join the Tap Love Tour family, head over to patreon.com slash Travis Knights and join at any tier that you feel makes sense for you. We'll be back next time with another wonderful guest. Until then, much love, one love, tap love, peace.